Impact, income, and influence. Do you want the most powerful, actionable takeaways from today's episode? Go to actionbullets.com to grab the quick, easy-to-read takeaways that will help you change your life and grow your business. Or you can click the Action Bullets link in the description below. Let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to Grow Your Impact, Income, and Influence, the number one show online when you are looking to reach millions of people. And today, I have a webinar expert. Now, I know all of you listening are like, but Steve, you do webinars. I do. But I'm bringing John on because John has a completely different take. He has helped people build multi-million dollar webinars, usually looking at the solid tactics that you use. John, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Steve, I'm so excited to be here. I appreciate you and uh, awesome to get to know you more as a person. And I appreciate you trusting me to come on and chat a little bit with your audience. No problem. It is my pleasure. So for those of you who don't know John, John lives in Reno with me. Um, we were lucky enough to be put at a dinner table eating some French food together. There was a great email about that that went out. You can go check out. But when we started talking about webinars, I noticed that he had like he had a lot of really good information that I had never thought about because it's super how to do it black and white. He's worked with a lot of big corporations. John, this didn't start out there though for you. Where did you get started in your journey? Because you used to work a nine to five that you hated. Yeah, or I was just kind of wearing out on. Yeah, so my background in about a few minutes here. So my background wasn't in marketing or business or anything like that. It was actually in healthcare, right? So for a lot of you listening who maybe are thinking of pivoting or whatever, this could be a relevant story for you. Um, so I was in healthcare. I'm a licensed physical therapist. I still am. I still have a, a license in California um, and jumped into a busy career as an orthopedic physical therapist, um, burned out after a couple of years, uh, got kind of tired of that and started dabbling with this, the internet, this internet thing back in the day. And was actually one of the first therapists, maybe a handful of us to, to create videos for a new site that was coming out called YouTube, right? That was a brand new website back then. And, you know, you had these ugly flip phones and we would point them at each other. I had my assistant pointing it at me. It was kind of, you know, sh you know, shaky, no, no audio equipment, no, no anything. I learned a little bit of YouTube SEO and then started, you know, floating some videos up in YouTube pretty early on there, getting some pretty decent traction. Um, you know, so I started doing that. Uh, I started selling some eBooks and video trainings back then when that was still a thing on like how to fix your back and, you know, you know reduce your back pain in five minutes, you know, like those kind of things, which I actually knew how to do, you know, so, so got into that. Um, and then just after a while of doing that, just fell in love with marketing, right? So I just love helping people share their message. Um, I like I love working with with um, companies and individuals that are doing really good things in the world, having a lot of fun doing it, uh, and just fell in love with that, right? I enjoy the the tactics of marketing. I'm a very uh, semi I would say semi analytical mind as far as like ABC the block and tackling of doing it. Um, started doing webinars, so I pivoted from from healthcare into into uh, marketing and you know started teaching live video i was actually a live video guy for a while when you know, using google hangouts on air when that was a brand new uh, wow. tool i wrote a okay. book on it I had a course on it and we were we would sell this thing like crazy on like jv webinars because uh it was just so hot right wow you can live stream from your computer this is insane right there was no facebook live or or anything like that and i started learning to do sales webinars right and do a lot of different sales webinars and then, and then just sort of kept pivoting into that. And that's what I've been doing a lot the last uh, few years. I've you know, 
audited and, and, and looked over hundreds of sales webinars now. And uh, we have a, an agency team. I've run an agency over the, over the last several years as well. And we've worked with everything from billion dollar corporations to solopreneur coaches and everything in between, helping them use webinars and virtual sales strategies to get more clients online. Awesome. I mean, that, that is a great, like if you guys didn't see his journey, started off as a physical therapist, got burned out, but he learned how to do the thing before he started teaching other people and helping other people, which is what has made him so successful. So we're going to dive into some of the tactical stuff, some of the stuff that's black and white that you can do on your webinars. But before we get to that, I want to share one more story. This just goes to show how great John is at marketing. We're sitting across the table and one of my go-to things to talk about is direct mail because most people have never done it. And like we use like, we call them shock and awe packages or shock and awe boxes, like figure out who the person is, dream 100 them, get everything you can, then mail them really unique pieces. Um, so I'm going to let you kind of take the story from there because this is like, we're sitting across the table from each other. And I'm like, I think this would be a really good way that you could reach somebody. And John, like, it was literally like a hold my beer moment. He was like, yeah, I think I've done something like that. Let me tell you this story. And it, <laughs> I've it kind of blew my it. mind. Yeah, I've dabbled with it. So, so one of my rap, many rabbit holes that I've gone through in my online marketing journey about, you know, who's my ideal client and those kind of things is one of those stories, right? Um, so one of my, my rabbit holes was, look, hey, I want to you know, quarterback the personal brands for a lot of these big Fortune 500 CEO types and people like that doing you know, big things in the world. And so it's like, okay, well, how do you reach these people, right, Steve? They're not easy to reach via email lists or webinars or traditional internet marketing tactics. So you have to use other things. And one of them is, is creative direct mail, right? That's a great way to reach yeah. very difficult to reach CEOs. Now, Interviews are another great way to do that, right? As well. And we won't go down that rabbit hole here as well. But that's why, you know, having a podcast or having a column at Inc. or Entrepreneur or even, you know, on LinkedIn being active there is a great way to invite those people into your world. But but I don't want to digress too much here. We'll 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 talk about the direct mail piece here. Um, so anyway, there was a guy I really wanted to speak to. Um, I guess I could say his name on here, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Brad, Brad Smith, who at the time was the CEO of Intuit Corporation, which is a huge you know, tech company. And I love the guy, researched him, really in, like, just fantastic leader, one of the greatest leaders in the corporate world in the Silicon Valley. And so I'm like, this guy needs to share his message with more people, right? Like this guy could share this, his leadership message with literally millions of small business owners around the world and greatly share his gifts and his impact and all that kind of stuff, right? He was seceding as a CEO. He was stepping down. This is a perfect little transition window to maybe throw a new idea at him, right? So, so I, I, I did some research and that's, that's the number one thing you got to do. If you're going to send something, you're going to put the effort in. Like if you're just, if you're listening to this and you're, your ideal client or your target person is like an individual or company or an individual in a company, it's very hard to reach, right? There, they could be a multimillionaire or a CEO of a huge company or something like that. They're very hard to reach, right? So, um, so, so direct mail is a great way to do this. So the first thing you got to do is research, right? So I found out he went to Marshall University, loved the football team, you know, I found out some of what his sayings were. And like, there's a lot of articles on some of these people that have already been published. So I'm like, um, cool. It's like he likes Marshall. He likes all these kind of things. So what I did first was I actually tried to just call 
you know, I tried the whole, like, you know, getting through the gatekeeper thing and, you know, actually did get through to his office. Uh, there were certain, there's certain strategies you can use for that, you know, to kind of get past the initial and go into like the, the actual gatekeeper or the executive assistant. Cause the EA is, is like the right-hand person, right? Like they're like, if you can get to the EA and be buddies or even send things to the EA sometimes, like you can build that bridge. Right. Um, so anyway, I tried calling, got to the EA and he's like, yeah, he's out traveling, doing blah, 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 blah. Like I can't, uh, you know, he, he can't talk right now, but you know, let me get it back to you. Okay. Like, you know how that goes. Right. Um, so I wait a little bit, they don't get back. I call again, I call again, nothing happens. So then what I did was, and this is the part you, you were probably alluding to is like, okay, this guy likes martial football. So I bought a martial football helmet, like an actual football helmet of Marshall university, you know, his alma mater that he loves and, and, and actually, you know, boxed it up in a nice thing with some nice uh, note paper and a nice, some nice pin ink on it. And I said something like, you know, I, my, I put my name on it and some basic things like that. Uh, but just like, basically the note was something like, like, you know, I hope you leave it all in the field as you transition or something like that, you know? So my, a personal note. What, what's great about that one personal note two, you took it, correct me if I'm wrong. It was one of his favorite sayings that he had mentioned somewhere. You used his language, used something around his language back to him so that he would recognize. Well, that was in the meeting I had with him, but yeah. Uh, okay. Got it. But I was trying to make it a, a metaphoric statement or whatever the term is yeah. for that. Right. Like, and he's like, holy shit, like a football helmet in the mail. Right. Like, holy cow. Um, so anyway, so I thought this was going to for sure make a wave. Right. And so I'm like, but I, I didn't hear anything. Right. He was still traveling. And I was like, kind of bummed. Right. And I kind of bummed out. I called again. Hey, did you know, did this is so-and-so gave him the guy who gave him the football helmet. Oh yeah. He's, he's still, you know, doing this and this and he'll get back with you. Like, you know, we'll, I'll let him know. Right. It's kind of like, I'll let him know kind of thing. Right. Nothing was happening, you know? Um, so what I did then was I tried a different channel. And sometimes you just got to try a bunch of different channels. And believe it or not, good old email sometimes can can hit can hit with CEO types. They 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 answer their emails or they look at their emails. And you can use a tool like Streak to track whether they open it or not. Um, and then so basically, I found his email. It's not that difficult to do. There's email tools out there. I think I use Norbert email tool. You know, you can just Google Norbert email tool and buy credits, and they'll let you. If, as long as you know the domain, like Intuit.com, and then the name of the person, it'll spit out an email. Oftentimes, it's fairly accurate. Um, so I actually found his email, and I sent him, an, I think it was one or two emails, and he finally responded to me. And he's like, hey, I'm like, hey, this is the guy who sent you the football helmet or whatever, you know, all this kind of stuff. Really love what you're doing. Hope, you know, I can't remember what the exact call to action was to try to get him back. Or I think, I, no, it was, it was to do an interview. I said, hey, I'd love to do a quick interview for you with you. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. I'm the guy who sent you the football helmet. I want to do a quick interview with you. And I had a column for entrepreneur.com at the time. Right. And so that I said, Hey, I'm, you know, I'd love to feature you an entrepreneur, you know, and not everybody maybe has that listening to this, you know, that's fine. You, you know, it's a lot of times using just your LinkedIn publishing network or, or medium even, or like other areas, you know, can still be fine. A lot of people don't ask where it's going to be published to be honest. Um, but anyway, um, I, he said, yes. And he kind of pointed me to like a quick little article to kind of grab from. So I was like, ah, crap. Like I actually wanted to interview the guy, like, uh, you know, talking with him, like you and I are right. Yeah. And 
And I was like, kind of crap. He, so he, he gave me an article. He's like, oh, everything you might need is probably in here, right? So he responded, but he kind of gave me the, here's an article you can glean from, so to speak, right? Like still not what I wanted, you know? This is a lessons in persistence. I was persistent as hell with this. Um, so anyway, I said, great, thank you. You know, I'll let you know when it's ready. Wrote up like a 700 word article, published it to Entrepreneur, you know, came, came back with him, came back to him, you know, um, and then what I did actually was was uh, run Facebook ads to the actual article. And uh, my good fortune was, you know, sometimes audiences are targetable on Facebook and sometimes they're not, right? Depending on the size and a lot of company employees are not targetable, right? But it turns out Intuit was big enough and had enough employees to where you could actually target just the Intuit employees within Intuit. So I actually ran a bunch of Facebook ads, like, you know, hundred bucks a day or something like that to this article for a little while and just like blew it up like crazy. Like his wife saw it and like his employees were all like commenting on it and, you know, da, 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 da. and he's like, and then I followed up with him and he's like, holy cow, man. He's like, thank you so much. This is great. You know, appreciate this. Um, and then that's when I finally asked I'm like, so, I mean, I, I really like your leadership skills. I think there's some things I could potentially help you, you know, get this message out to more people. You know, I would like to have a meeting with you, you know? And he's and I think he almost felt like he owed me the meeting or something at that point with all the, the, the things I had done. Right. So he, gave me the meeting and I, and I went to Silicon Valley and, and met with them. So I don't know if you want, want to pause for a sec there. Or... I mean, that's like the, so I thought I was just going to share like, Hey, just send him a box. No, no, no. Like well, the, the lessons, the, like there are two reasons I wanted John to share the story with you guys. The first one is like, it's just a great story. Number two, how far are you going with your dream 100 strategy? Because that's it. John still hasn't, landed this person as a client, not to ruin no. the end of the story. But if he does, it's going to be a huge contract, both in terms of who it is and in revenue. You, you want the revenue for sure, but you're more interested in the leadership skills and putting those out in the world. If you guys are listening to this and you're like, and you're trying to figure out business, you're trying to figure out how to get business. Pick like lesson number one, have a great offer. Lesson number two, put that offer in front of somebody that can pay you enough to make it worth your time. And if you can't reach out on Facebook, if you can't find them, John just walked you through like th this is a huge brainstorming activity. What can you send to somebody to get in front of them? What can you start as an interview process? I can't tell you. I've interviewed more than 200 people now. I think we're at like 250 interviews for across podcasts. I can't tell you the number of clients and people that I've met who have put me in touch with clients through my podcast. Start a podcast. Interview people. Yes. YouTube is free. Podcasting is free virtually. 100 bucks for a microphone and Zoom. Like, yeah, these are the lessons. So tell us how... I, I know the go ahead and wrap the story up. It is uh, to be continued, but yeah. Yeah. So you, you alluded to, to, to the ending, um, you know, so I did show up to, to Silicon Valley and, and met with him, walked into his big office and sat at this you know, conference table with him and a very nice guy. We had a great chat, um, you know, and he just kind of wanted to hear my ideas out about what, you know, I saw for him. And I was just, you know, really hitting him with, you know, the angle of, you know, you have these, you know, gifts you could share with, you know, thousands or millions of people around the world and blah, 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 blah. And one of the sayings I actually did get from his article was don't let your music die inside you. 
So I actually used that with him. <laughs> I said, Brad, he's like, I'm like, he's like, don't, don't, I'm like, don't let your music die inside you, you know? And he's just like, you're a wizard. You know, he's like, that's what he said. Those words, like, I can't, you know, you're, and he was very impressed with my marketing and the approach. And obviously it took a lot of work to get that meeting and everything like that. Uh, at the end of the meeting, he basically said, you know, I, I, at first when I came in here, I was a hard no. That's what he sold me. He's like at first, and he was a super nice guy, but he's direct, right? He's busy. He's direct. You know, he's not mean, he's a super cool guy, but he's like, I was a hard no. Now I'm thinking about this. He's like, that's kind of what he, what he said, you know? So I was like, Oh, sh- you know, I don't know if I can cuss on here, but you know, it's just like, Oh my God, he, this, 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 uh, this guy actually might, might do something. Together. So I, he said, you know, send me a few ideas in an email and I'll get right back with you. You know how that can go sometimes. I mean, obviously with these bigger deals, you're not going to close them with the buy button there in person or anything or order slide the order form across the table to him or anything like this is a different ball game, right? Like, um, so I sent him the, the a recap of some thoughts and stuff. He got right back. Like he always does. Interesting guy. Um, he basically said this, and that, this is an interesting statement. I think I shared with you at dinner was he's like, I never make, he's like, I like what you shared, but I, I, I never make large direction decisions in my life in under a year's time. And I was like, wow, like, you know, okay. So like, basically I don't make big decisions about my life. Cause he, he, this was a man in the middle of a secession in an opening, a new chapter in his life. Right. Didn't need money. Doesn't need to hurry up. Doesn't need any of that stuff. Right. There's no urgency. He, he wanted to, to, to sit with things for a second and kind of weigh what, what his next steps were. Right. So he's like, I don't make these big decisions in under a year. Um, and so he's like, you know, keep in touch with me basically. And, and so we didn't end up doing a deal together at this point. Yeah. Now I could, I could send him an email and he would get back to me in the same day. Super nice guy. We've talked a few other times. Uh, I know he has a foundation. That's the road he did go down was one of starting a foundation with his wife and family. Uh, and also one helping uh, his alma mater in West Virginia um, bring entrepreneurship and, and tech and education in that region, which is which greatly needs it. You know, so that's just what he's on now. But I am still like thinking through like how can I help this guy? How can I add to this guy uh, when I have some time? I mean, I got a lot of other projects on my plate, as I'm sure you do too, Steve. But but I will be reaching out to him again. I will be thinking through how can I help this guy you know, make his foundation more effective or building a website or, you know, I have a team that can help with that, those kind of things. So anyway, that, that's where the story's at right now uh, on that piece. So, I mean, just to wrap that up, like this is an epic story and we're going to get to webinars in one second, but what I want you guys to take away is one who like, you don't need a dream 100 dream. 100 is really hard because it's a hundred people start with a dream five or dream uh-huh. three. Or dream 10. like, And then the second thing that you just wrapped up with, it's not about what you want to sell him. You're not trying to sell him a webinar. You're more about how can I help this guy build his legacy and then ask him what is important. And he came back and told you, foundation, alma mater. Like you now have a direction to follow up with, which if you guys are listening to this, like dream 100, sometimes it's about getting with the right person because they'll help you. If, if he ends up working, if you end up working together, regardless of what you do for him, your business will grow, which is the end. Like your end goal is to help him. Yeah. His end goal in reciprocation will be to help you. 
Um, all right, let's let's pivot and go. <laughs> we could talk forever on some really good topics there for everybody listening. But yeah, we better move on, huh? Yeah, th- yeah. I mean, there are there are a ton. We might have you back on because there's. We I mean, talk that about whole, that whole story is so informative. We could talk about you know building your dream 100 ish, you know, like your dream 10, dream 20, building your your network. I mean, there's so many strategies there. I can't tell you how many people I met because I had a podcast and then people referred me to other people. And, you know, it's anyway, if you're, if you're selling high ticket services or, or something like that, and you're listening to this, you don't have uh, a podcast or an article strategy for your business to grow your, your power network and grow that dream 100. You're crazy. So anyway, let's move on. Let's talk about an <laughs> like, Hey, I just wanted to take a quick break from this episode. Are you enjoying the story so far? Would you like to know how to use storytelling and story selling in your business? Check the show notes down below or go to storyselling.how to grab my free mini course on story selling and start implementing this in your business right now. All right, let's jump back to the episode. The article idea is really interesting as well, because I think that is, that's something I took away. Like I've, I've written articles that have gotten published. I've used them for my own standpoint, but I never really thought about using them as somebody else. Let's go down that road just really quick because I know some people listen to this are writers. Um, yeah. I attract email writers, copywriters, people in that realm. What's a really easy way that you can write an article? <clears throat> excuse me, write an article for somebody and get them to notice it. Um, I know you use Facebook ads, but that wasn't that's not going to yeah. work for. That's not going to work for very often. Yeah, that was kind of a interesting strategy there. Um, so here's here's what I would recommend your listeners do if they like to write. Uh, let's say you're a blogger or whatever that is for you. Um, use your blog or your articles, your content. If you're looking to grow your power, your network. Let's say your dream 100, just to call it that, um, mm-hmm. which you should be, especially if you're selling high ticket services or want to grow a partner network. You can use your writing to feature other people. So what I used to do, I got a call in for entrepreneur. You don't need that. You can be on medium or LinkedIn, even to start, or you could apply to get into some of those places as well. Um, but basically I would invite people to participate in an, uh, an article interview, basically. So I get on the, you know, I'd have them fill out a little form. We had a little funnel for it, get on the phone with us. And then we'd have a whole follow-up mechanism to try to get them to, you know, interested in, in what we could help them with, you know, um, so you can invite, use the article as an excuse to invite people to actually quote them or feature them. And people respond at a much higher rate for that than they will if you're just pitching them your services like everybody else, right? You'll get a lot easier yes. And you'll get a yes from higher quality folks too, who want to be featured, particularly entrepreneurs. Employees, it's a little harder because they don't have the same motivations. But if you're looking to target like small business owners or entrepreneurs or people that actually are looking for press and PR and, and, and visibility, then that can be a good strategy. That's, I mean, that's perfect. And then where do you, so you're publishing on your blog, your website, does it matter? Do you, would you put a hundred bucks behind it and get it, you know, featured as a press release? Would you do, would you do anything like that? I guess you could, you could do I that. Mean, um, the point, the, the main thing is just, you're just looking to open a door. And a lot of times it. people don't even care how, how much visibility they don't ask how many views did it get? Or occasionally they will, or where is this going to be published? Some people do. Some people will ask like higher up, like people, where's this going to be published, you know, or something like that. But a lot of people are just, you know, Hey, sure. Yeah. Like, you know, I appreciate you thinking of me or it opens a door, you know, obviously if you can, if you can uh, link to them in some bigger publication that gives it even more credence, but 
but I'm just saying like, you don't have to have that. So just so like, I learned this the other day and it blew my mind. I just, I never thought about it. I don't know if learns the right word. I watched a movie called Langsky, which is about a gangster from the twenties through the fifties and sixties. And a writer interviewed him in the eighties, right before he died. And the writer went to him and just, he didn't sell him on anything other than let's get your story out. Right. And it wasn't, the guy didn't ask where have you been published or anything like that. And it was this huge breakthrough book for the the writer, but the writer just went to him exactly how you said. And the guy didn't ask the guy just cared because what, what do we care about as humans? The most somebody's interested in me. Now, sometimes you might run into really high level CEOs, people that are very pressed for time. They're going to be the ones who are going to ask more questions. But even then, if you're honest, chances are they will still give you the interview. I've, I've probably out of a hundred interviews that I've asked for, maybe even told no once. Yeah. I mean, if you want to grow your network and you sell any kind of high ticket services, you, every company should be a media company today. And that, and, and that wing can include a podcast, video, audio, and quote articles or blog writing that features other people too. I mean, if you want to grow, you're going to get a hundred, your percentage of getting yeses is going to go way up if you have that vehicle to invite people to. Absolutely. And you'll grow your network and your friendships that way. Absolutely. All right. Let's pivot into webinars. I know a lot of people are probably like, where, what? Like, that's a hard turn, but we're going to know go. we've gone down a rabbit hole today here. <laughs> yeah, all right. That's all right. Um, so first off your, your webinars are more of the traditional kind. Mine focus on story and engagement. Yours, what I took from our dinner conversation, you're very like, you've, you've looked at a lot of them and you know, the exact conversion standpoint, like points that you need to make your we, your free report that you have to offer everybody is called 27 webinar conversion points if you guys want that it is listed in the description down below um, it's listed in the action bullets as well so make sure to go pick those up but talk to us a little bit about what like when you started doing this because your path to get here you started off as a video guy with flip phones what did you like what was your path to get here and what are the biggest things that you see that make a difference in conversion? Yeah, I guess the first question, you know, again, I, how I got to doing webinars, you know, I again, started doing video. Then I went to live video once I started teaching that, right? When that was new. So it was sort of a webinar, right? Like a live video. I used to do one a week for an entire year. I did like video interviews and webinars using Google Hangouts live stream. And then I knew that platform is, you know, that's kind of a very niche platform, not going to be around forever. So I expanded more into webinars, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, because I was selling with them, right? I was using them. I was selling my Hangouts program with them. So I'm like, oh, let me teach webinars, you know, because I've been making sales and growing my list using webinars, you know, and so I'll teach beginners how to do what I just did basically. Right. Um, and so, so I, um, what did I do? I, I launched a summit. That was my first webinar summit, uh, back. This was, this was about five, five or six years ago. Now, uh, was the first one and in blew up a list around webinars, you know, I'd done webinars, but I like, okay, I don't have a huge following around this topic. What am I going to do? Okay. Let me host a summit. Right. So I host a summit. Uh, we added a few thousand people to the list. And then I launched an online course and, and, a, and a training program. This was like 2016-ish, you know, and um, and started selling that and started selling courses again and selling, doing webinars on webinars, right? Very meta 
you know, kind of thing. Um, and that's how I kind of got to the point of doing them. Um, then I just kind of built my brand around that, you know, I kind of kept going, you know, at first I was charging a lot less money and, you know, working with smaller folks. Uh, I got a website built. I started some SEO for the website. And now, now I like, you know, ranked number one for like webinar expert, webinar consultant, webinar. And I got a, an inquiry today from, from a guy who runs an investment firm, you know, he's looking to do a webinar. You know, some of those guys will pay good money sometimes to, to have you build it for him. Right. And I have a, a, people to do that. So, so I just got into the world of webinars, doing summits, training services. Uh, we have a, an agency where we can build webinar funnels and all those kind of things. And I've just kind of kept going. And like you say, never, when you rank, when you rank for Google, you never know what's going to come your way. Like, I mean, I've had everything from like kosher food companies and like consumer brands that just wanted, like they paid a lot of money to like do like training webinars, which is not my typical thing, but I said, yeah. sure. You know, uh, all the way to like business coaches on Facebook and those kind of groups. So I, I really don't, some, I tend to work privately with little, like I guess you'd say a little more established businesses now, but I also do training offers like my webinar summit for, I guess you'd say more anybody, right? Like beginners and everybody. So I'm all over the place basically. So talk to me. <laughs> I think a lot of people would say, like, I know I get this a lot. They're like, hey, are webinars dead? It seems like during COVID, webinar show up rate has gone down. People aren't engaging. What do you have to say to that? Yeah, I mean, it's, they're not dead, of course. And anybody who says things are dead are usually selling you the other thing, right? So it's like, so-and-so is dead. And it's the guy who's selling you the opposite of it or whatever, for whatever reason, because it jars people, right? To say that word dead, you know? So webinars are not dead. Um, having said that, well, with COVID, we certainly had a, a spike, right? So there's an elevation right now and a bit of a new normal. They're more top of mind than ever. People are more comfortable using webinar software, both from a hosting perspective and also from an attendee perspective than ever before. I mean, we've really accelerated the virtualization of the world, right? In webinars. And if you go back and Google, go to Google trends and type in webinar back when the pandemic hit, it was like, the slope was just like, you know, like, holy cow. My website was like running like this, getting, getting leads from Google. Cause so many people were like searching for solutions, you know? And, uh, and so there's certainly more popular, uh, it depends on what circles you run into. I mean, in the internet marketing circle, they were certainly hot, like in 2016 and 17 and, you know, and now, more for traditional businesses in 2020, they still work. Um, the attendance rates are lower than they used to be. Uh, people, there's more of them. Therefore, your 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 copy, your hook, your your ability to get people to to trust you and attend is is more critical than ever. Right? It's not like oh my god, there's a webinar happening this week. You know, wow, I want to see what this webinar thing's about. Like people are kind of not th with that anymore. Right? Like you actually have to have a good webinar, a good topic, some trust. It's not as easy as it used to be just to funnel at people from ads to webinar uh, just because of those factors. So they still work. They're still, you know, the number one way to take people in 60 to 90 minutes from total stranger to warmed up to buyer of you and your services in a very short period of time. So all the top marketers, the top 1% in your industry who are marketing well are using them. So you definitely want to have that as an arrow in your quiver if you really want to take things to the next level.
I just wanted to take a short break from this episode and let you know about one of the biggest secrets I have found when it comes to converting webinars. If you have a webinar and it's not converting as well as you want, or if you're thinking about building a webinar and you want to grab this tip, it has helped numerous people. One of my clients, we actually doubled their conversion rate just by implementing this one simple step. And you can grab it at deathtobadwebinars.com or by clicking in the show notes below. All right, let's jump back to the episode. That's that is very well stated. I I can I agree with everything you say, and that's what I tell people. I'm like, maybe, maybe the auto webinar, like with the horrible funnel, isn't doing like 2015, you could put just about anything out and people would watch it and buy. Now you have to have your audience, you have to have a bridge from your cold audience to your warm audience or have somebody that positions you to get people on. The other question that I get a lot is around length. And in my own webinars, we did a webinar this morning that we had, we wrapped up in just over 60 minutes. It went about 65, 65, maybe 70 minutes. Um, What do you think around making webinars shorter when people say like, well, I'm trying to sell a $2,000 product or I'm trying to sell a thousand dollar product. Just unpack that a little bit and let me know your thoughts on that. Yeah. So this obviously is a depends kind of thing, but I'll give you some more meat than that because people hate that answer, of course. Um, Yeah. I would say if it depends on your market. Uh, So if you are listening to this and you're a course seller or a coach that sells a course and you're doing some kind of direct sale on the webinar, meaning you do the webinar and you have this, this offer, right? This pitch, basically this offer, and you send people from the webinar to a sales page where they just buy, they don't talk to anybody, blah, 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 blah. Um, especially if those people are colder to you, you want a longer webinar, right? 90 minutes, maybe more, you know, the people that stay are really there. So if you're running Facebook ads, to a long form live webinar to sell a course, I would make it longer, right? Does that make sense? Because yeah. it's just, they don't know you that well yet. Yep. If, now, if you're promoting a, a, a webinar to your list, you could make it shorter, but I would also keep it longer as well because the people will stay with you. So any, basically my rule would be, if you're selling something directly, I would make it a little bit longer if it's live. Got it. If it's recorded, you can shorten that up. And in fact, I would recommend it. Uh, people treat it way differently than a live webinar. It's a yeah. way different experience. I you agree. Know, like do it like 30 minutes or less if it's recorded. Um, statistically, average view time on replays is about 34 minutes, uh, about 53 minutes for live webinars. So perfect. much longer willingness to tolerate, to commit, to go on an experience with you when they're live. And you need that 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 trust to really sell the next thing. Otherwise, it's just there's not enough there. So that's, I mean, that's few, one guideline. A few things that I'll share that uh, you, this is more feedback than anything um, and conversation around it. First off, to get the trust level up, we have started including case studies leading up to the webinar. Yep. So once they opt in, we immediately get them consuming content so that they know, like, and trust me yep. if I'm the one presenting it or the person who is putting the webinar on so that we build that bridge sooner. Yes. Yeah. Think- and that's a great strategy is the pre-webinar. And I don't know how deep down the rabbit hole we want to go in this talk, but I mean, there's yeah a whole strategy 
for, again, I call it Netflixing or warming people up yep. to, to you as, as an individual so that you build a little more trust as much as possible before it even starts. Well, we'll, we'll come back to the Netflixing because you build great book of call funnels as well, which we'll talk about very briefly. But the, the second thing that we've done and that I've tried to focus on, because a lot of people block an hour, like saying I saw during COVID is everybody started living on their Google calendar and blocking things off. And they say, I have an hour. We've tried to get everyone that I've worked at. I'm like, we have to have the stacks. Like we have to have your offer up on the screen within 50 minutes. That's true. You can continue selling after that. You can talk about other stuff. You can go down a rabbit hole and teach them more, but you want to have at least the first chance to buy within that hour. And you said 53 minutes for a live, 34 minutes for a recorded. So if you were doing a recorded in my, what I would do, I don't, I don't hardly ever do record recorded webinars anymore, but if I did, I would try to have the offer up in 20 minutes and then go back into teaching. So you might be saying, well, what do I get with this? Like there are ways that you can get the offer up so that at least they know they have a chance. If you never give them a chance, they can't buy. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. I agree. Yeah. I think um, if you're going to have a longer than an hour webinar that you should have an offer pitch or a portion, if, again, we're talking direct selling here. Yeah. Um, yes. Before the hour's up for sure. And then if you're going to go longer, you can do another one, the second hour, right? Yeah. I mean, I, had, I have some, we have some colleagues who do three hour webinars. They do uh, every hour. They'll do the pitch over the three Hour. hours. That's a pretty unique. That reminds me of the, uh, the old telethon. You remember the telethon people on TV <laughs> that would like the phones yeah. are ringing and like they, but every, every 30 minutes they were there pitching and then they'd have like something else filling it in. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of ways to do it, but yes, you, you want to make sure because of the hour block time on calendars that you do have an offer in front of them, enough information in front of them uh, before they, some may leave. So let's talk about if they're not doing a direct sale, if they're driving people to a phone call, whether that's a discovery call or a roadmap call or whatever you want to call it. If you're getting people on the phone, yeah, how do you change the webinar? Yeah. So the presentation itself, I guess we'll start with that, right? Um, yeah you know, generally, again, is shorter. It's going to be shorter, more direct. Uh, depends a little bit on your ideal client, of course. But um, if you're looking to go from a, 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 to a phone call, usually that's a high, what's called a high ticket funnel, right? And so you're, you're selling a service usually through some kind of sales conversation, whether it's usually a Zoom call or a phone call with somebody with you, if you're doing it yourself or someone on your team. And so generally these people that, that are ideal for that, those things, let's just say what, five to $10,000 up maybe, you know, mm -hmm. in that range of service for people listening. If that, if you sell something like that, yeah. um, you know, you, you, you they, these are busy people, right? And I would say that there's, there's people with, that have more money than time or more time than money. Right. And that changes the mediums a little bit. Right. So these are busy people. Let's say you're targeting healthcare practice owners. Cause I just, just have a new client that I'm working with on that right now. Actually, he's a marketing agency for, for medical offices. Um, you know, they, they want a short video. So they're actually building a presentation right now. That's about 12 minutes. <laughs> I know it seems crazy, but again, these are busy clinic owners. They're, they're not really. And if you hit Oof. the right messages with the right pain points and the right, everything, they'll book a call with you, you know, it'll do it. You know, they don't want to sit through some, they're not going to sit your 90 minute webinar. They don't want to yeah. come to a live webinar either. 
So no. they were running, they're running, you know, Facebook ads to a, to a 12 minute, we're going to have Facebook ads to a 12 minute video. And that'll be what they consume. They'll book a call. They'll fill in a little bit about their clinic. You know, I call it a yep. filter, right? We have a filtering system, basically a questionnaire, financial filters, blah, 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 blah. Yep. And then they'll start consuming, like to your point earlier, some pre-call materials, some Netflix and content about the company so that they are as much as can be done building trust with that company before the sales call occurs. And so that's, that's the, that's the funnel that they'll, they'll go through, but the presentation itself is short, um, 12 to 20 minutes in some cases, just the right pieces. Cause again, these people are sophisticated, smart buyers. They don't need a lot of, you know, sell the dream sort of thing, you know, like these are different people. So you really need to know who you're targeting, what their awareness is of your service. There's a lot of factors here. That's why it's really smart to hire other marketers to help you kind of dig through this stuff, or you can just build the wrong thing and waste tons of money and time. Well, that's, I think that is the thing, right? So just to bring this kind of full circle, if you think webinars don't work, it's because you're not doing them correctly. I know I have had tremendous success with them. We did a webinar this morning uh, and we did, I mean, it was a smaller group. Uh, we had 23 people on live, but we closed six people. Fantastic. $1,500 offer. Like, dude, you had a good was, day. You're buying when we go to dinner this weekend, then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, they definitely work. You've had great success. I mean, I know when I've we had right. dinner, yeah. like you've had a great year with webinars. So it's really about making sure that you're getting the right messaging in, doing it in a way that causes conversion and gets people to take the action that you want. Longer if you're selling them a course, shorter if you want to get them on a call, which honestly, High ticket closing, I think, is a better way for most Definitely. people to make money in today's yeah. digital age. So, John, I wanted to say thank you so much for coming on and sharing so much knowledge. I think we might have to do a part two to this. Um, we're putting your website and we're putting the 27 webinar conversion points document in the show notes. So if you want to learn more about John, see what he does, or if you want to grab the 27 conversion points, look in the show notes or the action bullets. Is there anything you would like people to know before we jump off of here? Yeah, I think the, the main thing is, is, you know, if you're listening to this and maybe you're not sure about you know, some of the things we talked about and we, we've talked about a lot, you know, and I have a you know, webinars are my niche, but I have a pretty uh, eclectic background of, of like experiments and arrows in my back and stuff like that. Just like Steve does. Right. Steve, you have, you've done a lot of variety of stuff, pe creative people like us. We love to like do a lot of different things. Right. Um, but I would say this, I always say this statement to myself before I decide, am I going to do something or not? Or if maybe I'm a little scared to do something, whether it's mailing, you know, the dream 100, we talked about earlier, or launching a, a call funnel for your business. Uh, it's what got you here. Won't get you there. Right. What, what got you to this point won't get you to the next point. You need to take different actions to get different results. Right. So every master was once a disaster is another one. And so for those that, that are new to this, none of us came out of the womb knowing any of this stuff, right? And so the, the best time, what's the saying? I'm, I'm being very cliche here. Uh, I guess the, the <laughs> what's, what's the saying, Steve? It's, it's the, the best time to have done something was 10 years ago. The next, second best time is right now. Yeah. Right? The best time to plant a tree would have been 10 That's or 20 right. years ago. The <laughs> second best time is right now. Right. And that's... I agree 100%. You will never, ever 
be sad that you built a webinar because if nothing else, it will help you with your messaging. It'll help you determine pain points. It'll help you work through your entire sales process. Even if you never actually do it, it will help you make more money in your business. I do think you'll do it though. And you need, you need marketing. You got to do marketing out there, people like, and you got to do digital marketing. That's the way it is. You can keep denying yourself. You're just getting further behind. I agree. Well, John, it has been a wonderful interview. We'll do part two somewhere down the road because there is a lot more to unpack. To everyone else out there, thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, take action, change lives, and make money. We'll see you soon. Thanks for checking out today's show. Do you want the fast and easy Cliff Notes version of the actionable steps from today's episode? If so, go to actionbullets.com and download yours today. Also, if you're looking to start using story selling in your business and have stories do 90% of the hard work for you, grab my free course at storyselling.how today. Till next time, take action, change lives, and make money. We'll see you soon.